man of the day today is Bobby Vinton. This is his number one hit, There I've Said It Again. Bobby uh, Vinton? And it's brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Do you know why I selected Bobby Vinton and uh, particularly this song, Gordon? Why? Because this was the number one song in America on January 21st, 1964. <laughs> the date of the first airing of the episode of Petticoat Junction, Hooterville vs. Hollywood. That Gordon referenced in his column today. I didn't reference that. That's not what I, but whatever. What were they what, what were they talking about in the show? What was what was the reference Hooterville about? I don't know. I, I haven't seen the show. That's just was the, not a library the, in the country has a copy of the it. the title of the episode. Uh, now, do you really want me to to torture you with this? Because this is what happened today. Uh, Austin and I were talking. I said I'll look up whatever the number one song in the country was on the Billboard charts in uh, on January twenty first, nineteen sixty four, and whatever that is is what we'll go with. <laughs> And that was Bobby Vinton there. I've said it again. Now, this is what's going to torture you, Gordon. Not two weeks later, two weeks later, the first week of February, do you know what the number one song in the country was? What? The Beatles' first number one hit. Well, it got a lot I want to hold your hand. Now, if your your old reference were just two weeks younger, you wouldn't have to deal with Bobby Vinton today. Yeah, well, things got a lot better once the Beatles' music arrived. Oh, I like Bobby Vinton so much better. Oh, please. Oh, I'll never forget. I saw uh, when the Beatles uh, were on the Ed Sullivan show. I watched that live uh, in on TV and just. Uh, Did you watch I, it I, right I, after Petticoat I, Junction? I remember it clearly. I remember sitting there and watching it, going, "This is what the the craze is about, huh?" So anyway. Man, why does Ed always have to inter- interrupt Petticoat Junction? Why couldn't they just air it back to back? <laughs> Oh, brother. Uh, anyway, so Bobby Vinton is your band of the day today, Gordon. You enjoy that. You, You're you, really going to make everyone suffer through Bobby Vinton You basically songs? selected it. Oh, okay. I apologize. Uh, Gordon, we uh, we had somebody tweet us about this yesterday. We had, uh, we had seen... Um, uh, some kind of uh, we had seen the comments from David Aldridge talking about the jazz and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and just summing up basically summing up the the uh, what David Aldridge was saying was there may have been issues with Donovan and Rudy and that the jazz may have been thinking of moving off of Rudy Gobert before uh, all of this COVID stuff took place. And, of course, that's one person, David Aldridge, who has been connected to the NBA for a long time, but more or less is expressing rumor. So I don't know if we should go about stating it as fact. However, David did bring that up. And Ben Anderson, our friend at KSL Sports, uh, wrote a really good article today, uh, I thought, talking about regardless of personal feelings, the Jazz have a big-time decision uh, to make on Donovan and Rudy their value and how much they're willing to pay. And if indeed that would be maxing out both of them to the full potential, Gordon, that would be 60% of the Jazz salary cap, which is just a wild number. So regardless of the drama, the Jazz have a big decision to make. 
Well, that's something, Jake, you've been talking about for a long time. You brought that up. You brought that to my attention before I'd even thought about it in any specific way. And you're right. Uh, is Rudy worth 35% of your uh, of your uh, pay, payroll? And Rudy, Donovan, together, are they good enough that they can overcome that? Because, you know, with, with 40% of your payroll left to go to the rest of the team, Gordon, that doesn't leave you a whole lot of room to maneuver. That doesn't leave you a whole lot of room for players like Mike Conley, for example. Right. So they that's... That's what I was trying to get at over the past couple of weeks, Jake, that I keep getting back to, uh, I think it was Chris Mannix or somebody was talking about filling out the rest of the roster and how the Jazz needed to do that, and I understand that. But those two star players have to be superstars. If you're going to pay them like superstars, then they have to be superstars, the kind of superstar that would find from within himself the drive and the talent to match anything that any of the other team superstars can do. So do you foresee in your mind uh, Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell ever approaching the level effect on a game as, say, Giannis or Anthony Davis or LeBron or Kawhi? I mean, is that what we're talking about here? Do these guys have that in them? Because if they don't, then they're always going to run into somebody who's kind of like that. Unless you believe in that group effect thing and you want to refer back to the 04 Pistons. You know, it's just... Which it's, is tough to do if you don't have the money. Right. And so that, that's, that's why these decisions are so difficult for, for Dennis Lindsay and whatnot. On the other hand, you can fall a lot farther than you can climb up. And without those guys, you make the wrong decision. And let's say you, th- you think, okay, is Rudy Gobert really worth 35% of, of the payroll? Um, uh, let's, let's let him go. Okay, so what are you going to do when teams start dunking on you? you know, are you going to replace him with someone who's better, who's more effective than he is? Or do you like being sort of in contention in the West sort of loosely? I, you know that those are those are decisions. Those are real decisions that player personnel people have to make, and they may not have a team that's good enough to win a title. They may talk about wanting to win a title, but they're not quite good enough. But they don't want to finish eighth, and so really that's sort of what the Jazz might be looking at, unless Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert can really find a way to continue to progress to the point where they can lead a team to a to a championship then you're in then you're in in style you're you gotta you're what you want to be so in some ways i get it you gotta surround those guys but you're also working with a limited amount of money because of the amount these guys are going to be making now i do think that donovan mitchell the decision on him is more of a no-brainer than rudy gobert and that's no insult to rudy donovan's a little younger plus he's still in the rookie um, it's not technically his rookie contract, but he's still in that process. 
and his uh, his extension, max extension for Donovan Mitchell, would be about 25% of the salary cap, which is a significantly less number. So the more and everybody knew, everybody knew they were going to do that ever since his rookie year. Right. I mean, be, so that's yeah. easier, right? Yeah. That's an easier decision to make. Rudy's more difficult because he has qualified for the Supermax contract, and I'll give Ben Anderson a lot of credit for laying this picture out at uh, kslsports.com. Get this, Gordo. 11 players have qualified for the Supermax deal uh, with the, the results of those contracts varying widely. The players who have qualified are Steph Curry, James Harden, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, and Giannis, and now Rudy. So keep that in mind. That's the, that's the people that have qualified, so that's the caliber of player he's being measured against. Uh, ben goes on. Of those 11, five players have signed Supermax extensions. Those contracts were signed by Steph Curry, James Harden, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and Damian Lillard. Of those five, four deals were signed in 2017, which was the first year that a deal was eligible to NBA players. Only Damian Lillard has signed a a super max extension since. Now, those others who qualified Gordon were either moved or left for another team and thus were not uh, did not qualify for that Supermax deal. So that lays out the history of the Supermax, which granted is not extensive, but Ben's right. We do, we, we've seen various success in there. In fact, what would you really call a success story? Steph Curry? Would you call James Harden? A true success yeah. story? Probably, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. John Wall, not so much. No. Russell Westbrook, not so much. And Damian Lillard, we're finding out. Yeah, we're finding out. So, would you rather who would you rather have on your team, Damian Lillard or Rudy Gobert? Damian Lillard. Is that terrible? You're more, I, you know, people you're like more likely for I mean, for the Jazz to have Damian Lillard and not have Rudy Gobert. Do you think they would be they would edge closer to a championship with the rest of the roster staying the y- same? Yes. Well, you've got some duplication there, obviously. Yeah. So, and you wouldn't be able to afford probably some of the guys who are on the roster. Well, that's why I'm saying if you had yeah. Damian Lillard, you wouldn't have Mike Conley. You'd be using that money well, elsewhere. The duplication in uh, Portland has not won them a title yet. Right. Yeah, that's why I'm saying when you read when you read off those names, I thought, well, Rudy, you know, he in a lot of ways you can say that Rudy is more valuable to the Jazz than some of those guys are to their teams. In fact, a lot of people would say that. And yeah. we'll, we're going to talk to one, probably, I would assume David would, would take Rudy in this argument. We should ask him at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But Locke has been you know, very firmly in the Rudy being significantly underrated camp. So maybe he would have a different opinion. You asked me mine, and, and that's just my opinion. Well, um, but I, you uh, could argue that the Harden thing hasn't worked out all that well in Houston because he takes up so much of the cap, it's hard to surround players like that. So you could say that, yes, that worked, except for do we know has it worked? And similarly, Steph Curry, who signed that deal, well, now the Warriors don't have any room to do anything else. So how successful will that be going forward? Yeah, and when you bring up James Harden, it's not just the money that's dominating the team. It's the way he plays. And that could be seen as ultimately detrimental, even though he's a a tremendous offensive talent. I get that. But he has to have the ball. Rudy doesn't have to have the ball. And he can be – I would say that Rudy is as dominant defensively as James Harden is offensively. 
or pretty close. You can make that argument. The The difficult part of this whole thing to make the decision, Gordon, is the consequences are fairly steep. Because if, let's say, you, you give Rudy the Supermax and then decide that Rudy's not a good fit with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy has enough value that you probably could trade him. But you'd have to take back. I mean, we're, we're talking about Rudy making like $50 million a year. I mean, think of the contracts that you'd have to take back just to offload Rudy. What, did, what, uh, what are the Wizards going to have to do to get out from under John Wall? I mean, yeah. And, and, well, you know, if you were going to trade Rudy Gobert, Jake, you would have to get an absolute star player in return uh, because if you don't, then, then you might as well keep him. Uh, yeah. I would take Rudy Gobert over a couple of uh, kind of nice players who are not necessarily superstars, but they're, they're good. But in the, you know how that usually works out in the NBA. The team that gets the star player in the deal wins the deal. I hear you. And I'd take Rudy Gobert over the vast, and I mean vast, majority of NBA players. That's but, why it's but so what, important. But at what cost? That's yeah. the point. Because well, that's, why, that's why those guys have to continue to develop, and whatever rift is, exists between them has to be solved. It has to be solved in order for this to work. Otherwise, it's gonna, they, they got to go back to the drawing board and do some of the things that you're suggesting as possibilities. And if they do that, unless they get an absolute slam dunk player in return, then how long will it take them to rearrange what they've been building? Well, the difficult part, too, is they have a time clock. They've, they've got to get it done in a certain way or make the decision in a certain window of time, which has got to be why it's not it's, – it would be frustrating to the Jazz if there's no playoffs because there's still more information to be fed into that decision, and they're on pause right now, which doesn't make it, things any easier. And then one of the, and one of the things that adds mystery to it is I think both of those players are still on their upward arc. I, uh, some people say Rudy is is peaked. I I think he he can perhaps get better still. Uh, Donovan certainly can get better. All right. So, well, I, so now, now you're in a point where, in a situation where you're sitting around the table looking at each other, going, "Okay, everybody, let's guess how good these guys will become." Right. Well, let's hope it's a little more than a guess, but yeah, I, I certainly get what you're saying. All right. Well, more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the Zone.